Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast. Gwen here, and today I am with Coach Efren Cruz. So I'm very excited about this because he is the chairman and CEO of Personal Finance Advisors Philippines, and he is also a best-selling author of two books. And not only that, he is um, a registered financial planner of the RFP Philippines. So thank you so much for being in the show, Coach. Thank you for having me, Gwen. Uh, it's a, it's such a pleasure to have you here, and what a great way for uh, for us to start the year because I know that this podcast will be up and running um, this uh, January of 2022. So glad to um, have you on the show, definitely. Um, and I guess, Coach, to start the podcast, I want um, for the people who don't know you yet because you are um, actually one of the celebrities here in the financial industry industry in the Philippines. But for those of you who don't know, um, can you tell us um, how did you get into the financial advice industry in the first place? How much time do you have? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. Uh, Way back in college, for some reason, when my professor in finance showed me how to construct an amortization table and displayed how magically your balance turns to zero at the end of the term. That fascinated me so much. I don't know. Weird. Yes, I mean, weird. So uh, when after graduating from college, whenever I'd see installment loans, like somebody selling a car and saying this is the amortization or the term, as you very well know, they don't disclose the interest rate. So I found it challenging to try to find out what the interest rate was using that formula in the amortization table. Basically, the time value of money formulas. And that got me started, you know. And then uh, eventually, I ended up with a job in finance. And that was my dream, to be in finance. And then uh, I took my MBA and all. But then later on, uh, I actually was sort of guided by by the good Lord to leave corporate work, leave the corporate world, and actually start my own business, which is in yeah. personal finance. Yeah. Okay. And that, uh, from 2009 onwards, that is what I've been doing. And that was fortunately the time when the industry also blossomed. So I actually was one of the first and I grew with the industry. That's why they called me the grandfather. But, you know, that's only more of an insult than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, because you were at the forefront and um, we spoke about this before we started the podcast that it was around um, 2000. Uh, for two thousand, oh, two thousand nine. So you started it in um the personal finance advisor shoppings. Well, technically, uh, I wrote my first book in two thousand and four. I incorporated my company in two thousand and six, but I became mm. full time because, uh, <clears throat> again, through the through the uh, infinite wisdom of the good Lord, He actually had me redundated from my work. Yeah, and I left that company in two thousand and nine. A year after, I wrote my second book. Yeah, so, so you know. Yeah. Uh, he gave me the ammunition already to start the business with the two books I had. 
Right. That's wonderful. And um, just for context, the the books that you've wrote is the first one is Puedena, or in English, it's, um, what do you say that in yes. English? You uh, can? You can. You yeah, can already. You can. You can already. Yeah. Uh, I, a complete guide. guide. A complete guide on personal finance. Yes. That, that was the, in 2004. Yeah. But it was more uh, applied to the Philippine culture because yeah. the, type, the complete title is Puedena, the complete Pinoy guide, Pinoy for the Filipino. Yes, and that's, and that's wonderful because we do have like a different set of um, beliefs here in the Philippines that is uh, yes. unique to us, and and, yes. and that's why some sometimes some of the teachings that we see from um, international books don't really apply to us here. Uh, so it's very yeah. good that, yeah, you, and, and you were one of the first ones to have that one because you, you published that in 2004 to be followed by yes. your uh, second book. Um, that is Puedena, the complete guide to retirement and estate planning, which I haven't bought this book, but I'm excited to get this one because it's something that we don't talk about here in the Philippines, right? Well, don't hold your breath because that book is out of print. Ah, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so, I'm... but but the, the thing is that um, we've come up with two books already, and we've even written for written the fiftieth anniversary of the Philippine Deposit Insurance Corporation. One of uh, the first few articles we were writing for the Philippine Daily Inquirer were put in a book called mm-hmm. Money Matters, which is the name of our column. You know, all throughout, we were giving rules on how to manage money the Filipino way. But many times, they don't work. So we tried to really dig deeper. Why don't they work? And that's why we came up with our latest book. And this is, I guess, the most interesting book. It's called Taming the Rebellious Shoe. It is our take on the physiology and psychology behind money management in the Philippines. And that's why I wrote it, so that I will have some sort of uh, uh, right to write it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it with a well-renowned Filipino neurologist and a well-renowned Filipino psychologist. Oh, that's very interesting because it's very um, – it's something that um, I do hear a lot of Australians, um, financial advisors and financial planners talk about because it seems like – or it is that psychology or human psychology plays a great role in how we manage our finances. So it's good that we're finally talking about that, like how our mental health affect, affects our purchasing, um, purchasing, not not even ability, our, our how we purchase in general, right? Like how we consume um, anything and spend our money. So I can't wait to hear to to read about that. Um, where do you, yeah. where can we find that book? Well, we don't sell it in bookstores, so we just sell it. If you have to text us so that you can get a copy, and then we will just send it to you. No? Ah, then. So we talk about uh, actually we have created not really created. We just coined. The four pillars of personal finance. And this applies to any culture. But the application itself is that what we did is for the Filipino in our book. No? So those four, four pillars are cash management, which is which ranges from your earning money all the way up to saving it, budgeting it, providing emergency funds, all of that stuff. Then there's debt management, 
And then there's risk management, which is insuring yourself against possible losses, and then wealth management. And we, what we always say is that you should follow the, the pillars in the way I enumerated them, which is cash, debt, risk, wealth management. Because you, you wealth management is fine, but nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. And for mo- yeah. my career, I, I've been a fund manager for most of my career, and I, I can challenge any other fund manager to, to show me an investment that is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. Yes. So why get into something that is that has risk when you haven't even protected your downside? Mm. What if something happens to you, health-wise, accident, or even you're taken from this life? That's why before you apply wealth management, you have to apply risk management. Okay. The only problem is that, that is buying insurance is, is also expensive, and you yeah. have to have a budget for that, right? But what if you have a mountain of debt? You probably prioritize the debt because collectors will be running after you. Maybe at the expense of paying your premiums and keeping your policies in force. So before you venture into buying insurance, make sure your debt is not necessarily zero, but manageable. That's why you also have to practice debt management before risk management. And lastly, because it stands to reason, how can you pay your debt if you don't have any cash? That's why you need cash management. So it's cash, debt, risk, wealth management, or in short, because it's an old technology, but it still works. Yes. CDRW. Yeah. And I actually read about this, um, Coach, when I was uh, researching about you in the lead up to the podcast. And at first glance, when I saw this, um, because I've always thought that risks should be the foundation of building wealth. And so I had to um, research more or at least go through other blogs where you explain this and I finally found one and when I read about it I said yeah that makes sense that you should actually start with cash management because no matter how much money you have if you don't really know how to manage your uh, the money that you currently have right now you won't be able to reach um, the right or the the wealth that you desire yeah you won't be able to move forward. Yes. Because You'll be stuck there. Yes, because I do see a lot of people, and I guess myself included. So I actually had, um, before uh, working here, I was in my mid-20s. I actually found a job that paid a lot of money when I was a freelancer, but and more money than I had now, actually, more uh, a bigger salary than I had now. But the problem there was I never really felt like I had enough. Um, I never, I was, I wasn't able to do the things I want, um, go to the places that I wanted to go. Whereas now that I learned after a few years, because I learned, I learned a bit more about financial planning through my husband, who is a financial advisor. Now that we're not earning as much as we used to before, both of us, we're actually able to build a house. uh, we were able, yeah, to you know um, buy a car, or we're not buying it because we don't need it during COVID time. But um, we can actually have, or we actually have the amount that we need to be able to purchase things in cash. We don't need yeah. the the yeah. credit card anymore, and it's astounding to me how this change, this positive change in our life, just brought upon good money management and yeah. and I thought that I didn't I was already good at money before because I didn't have debt and 
but it turns out that there's actually a lot more to be learned about personal finance. And, and that's why I think that it's very important for people who think that they have money, but who always feel like they have less than to reach out to a financial planner and not just a financial advisor, because here in the Philippines, we have a distinction, right? Like a financial advisor is technically an insurance advisor, whereas uh, financial planners or registered financial planners or those from the PFA are, um, they are what was your what was the term for this independent so you you don't push for um there is unbiased um advice that, that well you know the distinction is murky but before i continue isn't it doesn't it feel so empowering what you said that you're able to buy things but you're not yet buying but you know you can mm. right? it's so it's so empowering no but on the on the financial planner um there are Normally, life insurance agents call themselves financial advisors. Yes. Okay. okay. Financial planners would tend to call themselves finan- uh, financial advisors. Mm-hmm. But they're actually basically the same thing. No? <laughs> yeah. uh, we do yeah. have financial advisors in our, in our uh, company. No? Mm-hmm. But we, they know that their place is to first give objective advice. And if the client asks how to execute... Then that's the only time they will, you know, offer their products. Mm-mm-mm. That's good. So, but yes, um, I guess because I've brought that up because there, um, as you said, the the definition is still murky because I've heard a lot of my friends um, who are not not in the financial advice industry. Um, that cannot distinguish um, a, a registered financial planner between um, the um, insurance or risk advisors that they see um, in Facebook, perhaps. So they, and I guess this is the uh, topic that I would like to discuss with you because you started sure. um, uh, the Personal Finance Advisors Philippines. So can you tell us more about that? Well, you know, um as I said, the company was incorporated in 2006 only because people had started to ask me to give talks and training programs after my first book, and they wanted official receipts. So I set up a company. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to borrow somebody else's receipts. I was actually selling financial products before. No? Mm. I was selling mutual funds. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm in my 40s right now. No? Not in age, in uh, years of service in the financial services industry. But anyway, yeah, uh, I was selling. And then I realized that uh, my calling was different. I wanted to be on the on the buy side of personal finance. I, I didn't want to be on the, on the side where you're selling products, but giving advice to the clients. Now, believe you me, it's more lucrative to be on the sell side than on the buy side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it is. But I said, yeah. but that's my calling. Uh, that's what I want. So that's what I did. And then... Uh, in fact, there was a time when I was redundated, was taken out of work. My wife was telling me, why don't you get a, a job again? I, I tried because uh, that was another option. But at the age of 48 at that time, it was very difficult to find a job. But, you know, I was blessed to have done all of these books and continue to improve on our, fin- on our offerings. And, uh, yeah, we're now taking the lead. Financial planning, we, we try to constantly improve that. People need that. You know, in the Philippines... There is a saying, 
that you shouldn't, especially for those living in the in a far flung provinces, they would say, the older people would say, why should you save? If you're saving for, let's say, an, an eventuality like maybe you'd get sick or whatever or, or face an accident, the more you save, the more that will come true. <laughs> yes. <I> said, okay. <laughs> that sounds weird, no? <laughs> but anyway, so that's why we came up with our latest book, Taming the Rebellious Shoe. It is all about trying to find out what, what goes on in the mind of people, especially the Filipinos, and how can we help them in practicing their finances. One of the things that we found out well, from, from our studies is this. If you want to save, don't tell yourself that you're going to save, that you're going to save, for example, 20% of your income. You're going to perceive that as a, an outright loss because you were enjoying already 100% of your income, and now you're telling yourself, let's cut back. That's a loss. That that's the reason why also people cannot or find it hard to go on a diet because they're thinking they have to cut back on their 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 food intake. No, so behavioral economists are saying don't phrase it like that because there are already rules in our brain that have been created from the time of the caveman up to now, and one of the rules is that we do not like to lose. Period. Mm. Okay, that's a that's our survival instinct. So if you don't, if you want to save twenty percent of your income. Do not say uh, save 20% of your income. Ask yourself, can I live on 80% of my income? Because it's phrased positively, your brain tends to agree with it more. It's considered a foregone game. And believe you me, we tested it time and again with our clients. And they, they funny, they will say they cannot save, but they can live on. But when we say you cannot save 20%, but you can live on 80% of your income, isn't that the same thing? Yeah. So that's you know, the, the lessons we, we've learned and we convey to other people as well. Yes, and I definitely agree with that because what I do personally is before I even think about budgeting, I then go ahead and set aside um, or put a certain chunk of my salary to another bank and then mm. I check my balance. So um, when I see that balance... I perceive that as my salary. So I think that's, um, I, I hopefully that's a similar thing to what you said. Um, yeah, yeah, because what you see is what you can only spend, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You don't see the entirety, so you don't figure out that, well, I could have spent more. No, you're just looking at what is there, what is left. Huh? That's right. That's, that's how to do it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's so easy. Um, it's easy and it's not easy. And I think that's why some sometimes, um, or for actually for, for the most part, people need to hear this from other people as well. Because um, as you mentioned earlier, and it, this one is so true, people don't talk about, um, say, people don't talk about insurance because it's like, thinking that something is going something wrong is going to happen so that's <laughs> i don't know if it's a a mentality for everyone or just a filipino mentality but it, like it is what it is and i think it's high time that this talk about money about insurance um is uh, is normalized and it starts with people um, reaching out to financial planners and financial advisors yes yeah, because uh, financial planners, the objective ones, are not pressured by quotas. Mm. They're more pressured with making their clients understand how they can improve their lives. Okay, then they, if they are selling, then fine, no, that's a bonus. 
But for example, when it comes to insurance, we tell people, we ask them, do you think you're going you're gonna to be taken from this life next year? And many of them, of course, will say, of course not. I have a long life to lead. And the, the, our role is to show them that life insurance companies want you to live a long life. Because if you are going to pay them premiums now and you go next year, it's not profitable yes. for them that way. <laughs> That's true. You know? So they true. really want you to live a long life because they need to grow that small premium you pay them to big amounts to be paid out to your, re- your relatives and beneficiaries. No, So they are praying every single day for you to live a long life and they're working hard to make that money grow. They need that time. But they also have that financial strength so that just in case you're taken away from this life early, they can pay the benefits. But for the most part, they want you to live a long life. It's, that's why it's not called death insurance. It's called life insurance. Yes, that's so true. Uh, <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, and how you phrase it is very interesting as well. Like, how does one become uh, a personal finance advisor here in the Philippines? When I started, there were no certifications. Mm. I was actually invited by RFP, grandfathered into RFP Philippines to be one of their instructors and given the title. But if you have enough uh, experience uh, and you show that uh, sincerity and in being objective in providing advice, I think you can get along. It's just that so many are trying to get that certification and using it as a badge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a badge, you know. If you don't really uh, talk the, the true language of financial planning, then it's, it's a useless badge. Yes. So uh, it helps. Huh? It helps. So here's what I've told our our coaches. Huh? Uh, by the way, we call them in 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 Filipino. Well, wealth is yaman. So we call them yaman coaches. So what I tell them is this: Here's what you do, huh? You invite free. You invite three friends. Tell them you're going to give them free advice. You're not going to sell them anything. But there's a condition: each of them has to invite one other person that you will also give advice to. Not entirely free, maybe 90% off. <laughs> and then those that you gave 90% off, they have to invite other people. But they will only get the 90% if you, they invite other people and you'll give those other people 80% off. Mm-hmm. So you slowly reduce the discount until you get to, the, to your normal price. But the point is, we need to really get the message across. Uh, we are here to help, to be on the buy side. People don't advertise financial services. Yeah. The better way yeah. to do it is word of mouth, and that's the way to do it. Please them so that they will be the ones talking to other people about you. Mm. All right. And yes, I definitely agree. It's it's different when another person to, talks about a service or a person um, and they hear through another person, especially that they trust. And that's why word of mouth is very effective, which leads me to um, another question that I have is that, like, what are the challenges that you see right now, um, Filipino uh, financial advisors and financial planners uh, are currently facing, especially at this time of COVID or after the pandemic? Okay. The main challenge right now is debt because a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people uh, maybe also still will retain their jobs but lost some of their pay. So their debt's piled up. And the main problem here in the Philippines is uh, uh, 
the the loan sharks have sprouted again in in official uh, I'm sorry in formal channels huh? because there was a time uh, people would be lending like 20% over 40 days what we call the 5 6 here no yes <laughs> now the the SEC clamped down on that they said you guys who are lending informally you have to register with us or else we will hunt you down so a, a lot of them went to the SEC registered their operation they went online okay now the problem is that they were still practicing their practices before they were informal. Be- sorry, before they were formal. Huh? So what would they do? If you miss out on even an hour of your due date, the due time and due date, they would start sending collection letters to all of your contacts on your phone. That is a way of stealing your, your data. No? And that is against the Data Privacy Act. Because for you to borrow, you have to download an app, and that app actually steals your contacts. That's illegal. Okay. And not only that, they will bully you uh, in the collection letters, either through your contacts or through your, you, you directly. No? They will say, I'm going to hold you to court. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to in, uh, you know, uh, do all sorts of stuff to you. So that's illegal. So the SEC, again, because they're, these small lenders are under the social, uh, sorry, the Securities and Exchange Commission. The SEC clamped down on that. So what did they do now? They bought unregistered SIMs, like burner phones in other countries. Huh? And then they started to send text messages again, threatening text messages, without identifying which online lending company they were, refer- they were representing. Still, it, it, it pressured the battle worse. Huh? That's why I'm so happy that the, the, the bill that requires all SIM cards to be registered has passed the third and final reading in the lower house. So it's just up to the Senate and then signature of the president because that's also one way of stopping all of these scams. And that's part of personal finance. They would offer you jobs, high-paying jobs, but they're actually just phishing. They're scams, you know. Yeah. So if you have the registered SIMs, it will be easy to track them. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Um, and it's high time that that happens, right? Uh, that it and hopefully it gets yeah. passed on because it is important for us. And I do receive those texts, and I w- I'm wondering like where did they get this number? And you can never track them, um, like offering yeah. jobs, and you just wonder where they come from. And I guess that that's true. And another thing to note about that is a lot of Filipinos actually buy into scams wherein they are texted that. Like they are going to receive a certain amount of money. All they need to do is transfer an a, a, like a lesser amount, but still a significant amount of money to claim that. Um, have you um, heard about that kind of scam, Coach? Yes, because my mother was a victim. Oh, <laughs> my mother is eighty-five years old, and she doesn't know. She she knows squat about these mm-hmm. things. No, mm-hmm. she she was told. She, somebody called her phone, her mobile, and said, Ma'am, your bag is going to give away money. This is what you have to do. We're going to send you a message with a code. Okay? All you have to do is dictate that code to us. Are you ready? And my mom was excited. Okay, I'm ready. And then the code get, comes in. Oh, what's the code, ma'am? She dictates. That was actually the one-time pin. These guys were buying stuff on Lazada oh. and telling her, 
to dictate the one time pin that's appearing on her phone. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing the amount was not too much. Mm-hmm. No? She ended up paying those. Huh? But you know, you have a lot of people who are not just gullible, but really don't know technology. And they're the ones being victimized by all of these scams. Yes, and that is uh, a very big problem for us here. And um, and I guess that's where financial education comes into and how we in the financial advice industry can do more into educating people about, I guess I think we should start uh, in in the sphere of what is long-term investments and um, you know getting out of scams or not getting into scams in the first place and I think that's very helpful now do you see the like do you think it's a, a good idea for um, because I see this all the time for financial planners to give off free advice um, in the internet and I'm raising this question because I do see some advice in the internet that is not from financial advisors. Well, let's relate that to clothes. There are clothes that are that are ready to wear, and there are clothes that are tailor made. Huh? But when it comes to financial advice, because it's your livelihood, it's your money, it's hard-earned savings, and all of that, it's your future. It always has to be tailor made. It cannot be ready ready to wear, ready to implement. No. So people are giving advice on social media, don't understand who is listening. If, for example, I say, ah, the stock is good, it's a buy and all of that, how do you know the person who's listening to you understands really what you're saying? And if he does, he might not even have need to invest in the stock market or he may already have that stock and buying more will be buying too much of that stock. That's why we need to actually, as financial planners, sit down with the client and understand his situation first before we open our mouths. Mm. Okay. That's why I, I, I have said that the best, the best guide for us was given by this popular group. They're now disbanded. But, oh, and actually they reunited. Huh? Very popular group. I, I'm sure you know them. They're called the Spice Girls. <laughs> yes, yes. We were actually just okay. talking about them. <laughs> So what did they say? In their song, they said, So, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Those are the first words that should come out of the um, mouths of financial planners. Mm. Not, uh, would you want to buy this? Mm. Oh, so we have to understand. Needs-based approach. We have to understand what they need. And then we we adjust. No? We, whatever they need, we actually quantify that. We compare it. with. We try to find out when they're going to need it. And we compare it to what they have now, what they can periodically add. And then we can derive what need, what return they have to make uh, as tempered by the risk they're willing to take. And that's the only time we can sell them products. So if you give advice on social media without doing that process, you may even be doing a disservice to people. That's really sound advice. And I do agree a lot of, and I think that's why um, I see some videos from lawyers when they give off, like say a YouTube video about an advice at the end of the video, they actually say that this um, video or this advice is a a general advice and um, you need to contact uh, your personal lawyer, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, to, to get like a more personal advice for their needs Mm, for the case. Yes. And agree. mm -hmm. now I guess my next question would be 
like because we were talking about all this technology uh, and posting in social media, I'd like to ask like how has financial planning or at least the financial planning industry here in the Philippines grown from when you started up until now? Well, one of the things we actually pioneered in well, several. No, one of the things we d- we've done is that our latest book, uh, "Taming the Rebellious You," mm. it actually comes with one year of texting on personal finance lessons daily. So, all about the CDRW, we will text you daily. So, it's like reading a page of our training program every day, and we hope that in the process of doing that, you develop the habit of really waiting for that and reading and understanding. No. You know, when, when, uh, and I've heard people say, if our machine sort of, uh, becomes slow or has a temporary breakdown, they actually complain. They, they're wait, they're waiting every day for that message. <laughs> but that's just one small thing we've done. The other thing is this solution is the most important part, but the analysis, uh, takes time. Okay. Uh, and of course, execution as well. So the analysis takes time. What we've done is we've come up with the country's first and actually only comprehensive and objective financial planning app. We call it the MyPF app. Yeah. And when we ask financial advisors, advisors, whoever, have you seen an app like this before? No. Because yeah. it will talk, talk to you about creating your personal balance sheet income statement, how much of human capital can we value that is yours, planning for education, buying a car, buying a house, retirement, estate planning, insurance planning, monitoring your investments, all of that stuff. They're all in one neat app. And it, it, is, it is continually improving because the innovation we've done is that it improves based on the recommendations of the users. Yeah. So it's always growing, always developing. We have a new version every month. Mm, that's wonderful. Okay. That's, that's how it is. So we just we train people how to use it, and a growing number of people have actually uh, started using it. In fact... Um, there is one bank that's actually officially endorsed it. Ah, that's wonderful. Um, so I will go ahead and save the link to that app in the description or where to find it um, so that other people who are listening to the podcast can check it out as well. Um, so I guess, like, how, why did you start this app? Uh, because, you know, um, when, we, when, when we were, when we trained people in RFP, it's always with checklists. Okay. So I said, checklist is like, you're, it's like scary to the client. Right? It's like, it's like you're going for a medical checkup and have you done this? Have you done this? You know, it's, it's unnerving. So we said we have to do this faster in a more, you know, uh, in a simpler way and a more, a more friend, friendly way. So I said, why not use an, a simple Excel file? No. So, and, and you run it like you're just, you're just, uh, you know, creating a conversation with your client. But before that app, when we would talk to a client, we would get the data, okay, and then tell the client, all right, give us a week to do it. Mm -hmm, And now we do the computations, and then maybe during the week, we would even say, oh, sorry, I forgot. What what is this data that I need from you? Then one week later, we show the plan, and the plan might not even be acceptable, so we have to go back again. With this app, we actually can provide a comprehensive financial planning app, and the fastest we've done, 40 minutes. Mm, we're done. Yeah. So CDRW, we're done. <laughs> so now you focus on the solution, not not just on the analysis. You're not bogged down by the analysis. Solution, nah. 
Right. And that should be very helpful for financial planners. Um, yes. Right. Because it's easier for them to um, provide advice, um, good advice to their clients without having for their clients to wait for, for a week and not even like approving the initial plan and do the whole back and forth again and again. Yeah. Because the clients also are not that, uh, that are not that free with their time. No. In fact, one of the things we're doing now is we're doing financial planning advice to very busy professionals like doctors. And they, you know, they're, they're always busy, you know, and sometimes they're on emergency call. Yeah. So with that kind of speed in the, doing the analysis and then providing the solutions, the app really plays well into that. No? Wow, cool. And that's how that's to show how technology has really helped the financial planning industry um, make its advancements to better serve mm-hmm. people um, in a more efficient way. Yeah, and there's there's more that's going to come because we have uh, we continually invest in technology. So we're going to come up with new offerings by perhaps next year. Ah, that's wonderful. And that's so good to hear. And 2022 is approaching really closely. So I'm very excited yeah. for that. Right. Yeah, and- because... The texting I mentioned to you, that's only available for locals because we have to go to Globe and Smart and PLDT and all that. But eventually, we can go uh, global next year. Oh, that's good because we do have a lot of OFWs and um, people or Filipinos residing um, in other countries. But they're still tied very closely here in the Philippines because they may be um, sending money to loved ones or still have families here in the Philippines that they are constantly interacting with. So that's really yeah, you know, helpful. You know how much that costs texting them a year? <laughs> it's only fifty pesos. All right. So and so that's very efficient financially yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. It's more of sharing the knowledge than really anything else. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. I, I would agree because um, I recently had a, a friend who is based from Malaysia and he started this um, a month long like reminders on what how what to check um, in, in your finances. So he would post yeah. it every day in LinkedIn. Yeah. And I would read it every morning um, as part of my routine to check LinkedIn. And I would <laughs> think and ponder about like what he posted. So I remember yes. that he posted one day about um, being able to save more money if you meal prep. And I know this already. I, I know that information already, but um, I'm not very – I don't usually um, – take that advice uh but when i read uh his post it was that actually just a very short post and i was reminded that yeah i know that you you say you can save money on this so i should probably do it again so i guess that's Mm. one of the things that are helpful in your um, everyday text messages is that for um to reinforce that message on a, a particular lesson that's that's the that's the operative word reinforce. Mm, that's what yes. we have to do. Yes, and so that's very cool. And I don't really um, hear a lot about that kind of services offered elsewhere, right? Um, 
because I, if I no. had, I would have taken it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm so excited to share this to um, not only after this program. Yeah, after this program, yes. give me your give me your cell phone number. I will send it to you too. Ah, uh, definitely, that One would year. be wonderful. All right, so and I guess before we end the show, um, Coach, uh, I guess my final question for you is what would be your advice to um, financial planners and financial advisors who are really pushing to provide excellent service and to pushing to educate people um, especially Filipinos on the the essence of and the importance of financial advice here in the Philippines well uh, I usually use a story for that yeah. There was this uh, kindergarten teacher who brought balloons to her classroom. She inflated them all and put the names of her students there. And she said, children, I'm going, when I blow my whistle, I want you to find your balloon. huh? Uh, and you have to do it within five minutes. But what the teacher did was she put all of the balloons, uh, she jumped them, jumbled them all up, and then she put them in the middle of the classroom. Mm-mm. So then she blew her whistle. The children ran to the balloons. Of course, they in the process, they kicked them around. They were flying all over the place. Five minutes had gone by. Nobody was able to find his own balloon. Mm-hmm. And the teacher blew her whistle and said, children, stay where you are. Look down. Pick up the balloon. See whose name is on it. Mm-hmm. And then give that balloon to that person. Mm-hmm. She, she counted the minutes. It only took them two minutes to finish that. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher said, children, the balloons represent our happiness. If you are only looking after your own happiness, it's going to be very difficult. But if you look after other people's happiness, eventually it will only also lead to your own. Ah. So be selfless. That's what that's my message to financial planners. Put the client's interest first. Your interest will follow. Ah, that's excellent. Such a good story. And um, it hits the right spot. <laughs> so thank you so much, <laughs> Coach Efren. It was such a pleasure um, chatting with you today. And yeah, before before we end the show, where can people find you if you want to um, get to know more about you or if they want to uh, take on your services? Okay, well, I'm on Facebook. Uh, we're actually all over the place. We have a program called Ask a Friend, Ask a Friend. <laughs> we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. But just look for me on Facebook. Uh, look for Efren Cruz. Or you can Google my name. But please Google Efren L.L. Cruz. Because if you Google Efren Cruz, the search is going to come out with the person, a person who was convicted of murder in California. Oh, no. That's not me. That's not me, huh? Efren L. L. Cruz. Because there are also a lot of Efren L. Cruises out there. Efren L. L. Cruz. And for the local people, they can just text me. if I Can I give my number? Oh, yes, sure. So for the local people, it is 0917-505-0709. All right. Thank you so much, Coach. And I'll put all of these information in the um, podcast description or show notes. So again, thank you so much for coming into the show and I can't wait for people to hear this um, and then pass it around as well. It's very good value. Have a good one. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you.